1: This episode of the Therapy as a Christian podcast is brought to you by the Therapy Reflection Journal. The Therapy Reflection Journal is your personal journal for your therapy experience. Whether you are just starting therapy for the first time or currently in therapy, you can utilize this journal throughout your process. This journal was designed for you to write down topics and themes that you and your therapist discuss throughout your counseling sessions. There's a place to keep track of your mood, things to work on in between sessions, and an entire place for you to reflect on what you and your therapist talked about. Take this journal with you consistently throughout your counseling experience to dig deeper and see growth in your mental health like never before. You can go to RosalynRenee.com to purchase, or the link is in the description box. Now, let's start the show. Hi, everyone! You are listening to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am your host Rosan Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. I am doing another interview, you guys, and I am so excited about this interview in particular. I am going to be interviewing Miss Charm Lewis. She is an LCSW, and we are going to be talking about her story, how we got connected, uh, just trauma. She is such an amazing, amazing um, person. And I just am so excited about you all getting to hear her story. So I'm going to give a brief overview of how we kind of got connected. This is like a recent relationship, I guess you could say, um, that I definitely believe will completely supersede this podcast. Um, We met actually via Instagram. I believe she's told me she met, she found me um, for my podcast and we actually got connected via Instagram, um, she followed me and I followed her back and I looked at her page and just the stuff that she was talking about as it relates to Christianity and trauma and therapy completely, completely, I felt like we were connected through the Holy spirit, of course. And so I was, um, actually really interested in her story. And one of her um, one of her people reached out to me and we got connected for her to do an interview. And I was like, oh my God, yes, because just the stuff that she talks about, her tribe of people that she pours into on a weekly basis, almost even daily, I just feel like her message is amazing. So hi, Charm. How are you?
2: Hi, how are you? I'm so excited to be
1: here. I am too, girl. <laughs> Yay, I'm so, so I'm gonna um just kind of let you go ahead and um give an intro of how you found me and we'll go from there.
2: I think I lost you for a second.
1: Oh, you did? Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Tell tell me how um you found me and how you how we got connected.
2: So, what Rosalind did not tell you guys is that I low-key was stalking her. <laughs> um, I was looking for podcasts um, about faith and mental health because that's my jam. Yes. And um, Therapy as a Christian came up, so I was listening to the episodes. And I was like, well, let me just follow her on um Instagram. And so I followed you on Instagram, started, you know, how us millennials do when we kind of want a relationship, but we're a little nervous. We just yes. start liking pictures a little bit. Yes. You know? yes. Then the next day I left a comment and then you um, was nice to me in the comment section. So I was like, okay, okay. Yes. So that's how we got connected. And I am so glad that we did.
1: Yes, yes. And so I'll just tell y'all, even as we were um, getting prepared for the podcast, I go through a process where I kind of like think of questions and whatnot. And when I talked to Charm on the phone, as she was telling me her story, I literally got so excited about all the stuff she was saying, it was like literally just, I couldn't even really kind of like halfway sit in my chair. I was like typing on the computer. I was at work. I had headphones in my ear and I was just like saying, "yes" with myself, by myself. (laughs) So I'm really excited about y'all hearing her story. So Charm, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. So um, I'm a wife and a mom of a one-year-old. I just I got welcomed into the mommy club Um, (laughs) and it's been an adventure. Um, But also I'm a breakthrough therapist and a childhood trauma recovery coach. Um, I teach women of faith how to defeat dysfunction and escape the trauma trap so that they can find freedom and live fully. Um, I really believe that there are so many women out out here who are living beneath their privilege, who have not maximized their potential because of hangups and snags and um, just things that have happened in our past that we have not processed we have not dealt with and so really I'm just out for those women um, to help them get free so that they can live um, in their destiny
1: yes yes okay so kind of briefly even how did you get into becoming a therapist and a coach especially one that helps Christian women with childhood trauma
2: so I, I would say that um that's a really loaded question.
1: Start from the beginning, girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a really loaded question. And I'm sure just like some of you guys that are listening and just like you, Rosalind, um, there's a lot of things that collide to make us who we are now and then who we are becoming. And so I would say that the very first thing that comes to my mind is that, um, I was literally born for this. So when I was about four, I had an imaginary friend and she was in jail, right? Go figure. Okay. You can kind of tell what kind of environment I was growing up in when you're four and your imaginary friend is in jail, but that's another time, right? Mm -hmm. And my job was to help her get out of jail and to take care of her children. Um, And 30, I, I would say 30, 25, 30 years later, I'm that woman still freeing women from emotional prisons wow. so that they can nurture the gifts of God. Right. Um, so I would say that number one, I was born for it. Um, number two, I would say I'm overcoming my own personal tragedies. Um, I grew up in a home with a single mom who was very young when she had me, we're about 16 years apart. Um, so that was also an adventure. Um, I didn't always call it an adventure, but now as I look back as a healed person, I can call it that, Um, and was sexually assaulted when I was 10, realized that I was broken and messed up as an adult, and sort of navigated my own healing journey. I just wanted to make sure that women like me um, had a guide. I really believe that as the Bible says, we overcome by the word of our testimony. Yes. So I want it to be a testimony to other women that you can overcome Um, that, how you grew up, that what you've experienced is not um a trap. It doesn't have to be a trap for you. So that would be um, number two. Um, I would also say, um, in that journey of, of trying to heal, um, I sort of got caught up in this new age wave, right?
1: Girl. Yes. I, Let's talk about that for a second. Cause I don't think people really know like what the new age kind of is.
2: So, um, I'm not going to say that I'm a pro, mm-hmm.
1: but <laughs> me either.
2: yeah, I'm not going to say that I'm a pro, but from what I understand, when you, when you're talking about new age, we're talking about, um, Things like praying to the universe, mm-hmm. um, things like
1: crystals,
2: crystals mm-hmm. and sage and um, ancestral praying, um, things like that. That I believe the enemy is using to deceive his people because we're sort of mixing it up with Christianity. It's like we believe in God, mm-hmm. but we also do this,
1: right? Yeah, and even the thought of like um, manifesting your thoughts, yes, um, yes all yes, those yes. things that kind of trick us into thinking like, and I'll say it even too, just thinking that we are higher than God. Yeah. Um And You're I like- know for myself, I've even kind of tapped into that in the past of just, saying the universe and the universe, this, instead of, and I know the Bible talks about there will be a time where we'll serve the, we will serve the creation and not the creator.
2: Mm -hmm. And even transcendental, like meditating, like you said, trying to ascend to this higher self or um, having these out of body experiences in hopes that it's going to produce whatever result we're looking for it to produce. Right. Right. Exactly. In my own healing journey, um, I had grown up in church. I guess that's the part that I didn't tell you guys is that Mm -hmm. I grew up in church, but I really, um, I got to a certain point where I was disgusted with myself um, and the level of brokenness. And so I started searching for how I could heal. I had gotten to the point where enough was enough. And while that was happening, I also was reflecting on my experiences in church. And I really became disheartened because I was like, how could I be in church all of this time? I was serving in church. I was close to my senior leaders. I had given myself what I thought to the work of God, right? And mm-hmm. I was just like, nobody saw me. Nobody saw this brokenness. Nobody, nobody, Not only did anybody see me, but they didn't do anything about it. So I was like, well, maybe mm-hmm. God is incapable of handling my brokenness. Oof. And yeah, so it made me turn my back to that and I started looking for other things. So I started meditating. I started, um, turning to crystals and, um, acupressure and all of these other kinds of things. And I'll tell you that I'm so grateful that that season in my life did not last long. Um, I literally was praying one day, go figure. Right. Um, and I'm listening to, <laughs> um a particular artist that I like um the music is clean so I thought and the holy spirit just spoke to me in that moment and said you cannot pray to me and listen to a witch at the same time
1: lord jesus wow
2: yeah and i i, I thought rosalind i really thought that i was losing it i was like i was like wait did i hear that i was like no i didn't no. hear that no i didn't hear that let me just go back and finish praying and he literally said again you cannot seek me and listen to a witch at the same time, mm. and from that moment, girl, let me tell you, Jesus.
1: I turned
2: I turned the music off. I deleted the whole album from my um Apple iTunes. I, like
1: mm-hmm.
2: all of all of her music is gone. Um, and even when I hear somebody playing it to this day, I get like a flashback.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But from that moment, I just
1: oh, I just love those like gentle reminders of where you've come from.
2: Yeah. It's just so like, amazing. Yeah, like and from that moment, God just really began to open up to me and just show me how um he was he was the healer. You know, he I didn't need to look for anybody else. I remember also the scripture where John is in prison. I believe it's John. Yeah, he's in prison and he sends his disciples to Jesus and he says, "You know, are you the Messiah or should we look for another?" And hmm. Jesus' response to him was, tell John that the deaf hear, the lame walk in the blind see, right? And he was saying, tell John that I'm the Messiah. And I believe that I had one of those moments that God was like, you don't have to look for another. I'm he. None of this yeah. stuff is going to heal you. None of this stuff is going to help you. None of this stuff is going to do it for you. I'm Jehovah God. I'm Jehovah Rapha, and I'm the Lord, your healer. So if you're going to be healed, seek me. And I know that was a long way of answering. But from that moment, I started asking God step by step, what would you have me to do? How do I how do I process this? And so I went on that journey and um, got far enough in it and I'm still on it. But I teach women what I've learned since that time.
1: Mm, That's so good. So, so good. So what are kind of some of the things that you think you see often? Um, in the women you help, like, what are some of the patterns and kind of the things they come to you with?
2: Um, typically it's so crazy because no matter, uh, who I talk to or where they're from or what nationality they are, they all, we all say the same things. We literally all say the same things. Um, they struggle in physical intimacy with their spouses. Mm-hmm. They have communication issues. They they cannot. They struggle with building sisterhood, being in these kind of. Oh wow, that's a
1: big one. Yeah,
2: yeah. These these deep trusting relationships. They have very shallow um, relationships. We um, have strong desires for people pleasing, um, out of fear of rejection. Um, And so we find ourselves... Okay, Charm,
1: hold on one second. I think I lost you for a second. So come back when we were talking about the communication.
2: Okay, so they have um, communication struggles. You know, they um, have difficulty building sisterhood and being vulnerable with people and trusting people. Um, We struggle with um, having strong desires to people please. And so we find ourselves stretched thin, you know, we're running all across town trying to get to this party and this brunch and this networking and doing this um, because we want to people, please, because we are afraid, deathly afraid of rejection. Mm. Um, yeah. Low self-esteem and self-worth, um, major insecurities. Um, sometimes they they find themselves in cycles of unhealthy romantic relationships. Um We are self-sabotaging. We are huge procrastinators. We're dreamers, right? We have all of this stuff in our minds, but to be able to execute and do it, that's typically why uh, women are coming to me. It's like, I know that I've been made for more. I'm created for more, but there's something that's blocking me from getting to what I see um, from what I be, if that makes sense. Um, And one that people may not be, as um that we don't talk about maybe as much is um an addiction to achievement right Ooh, girls yeah <laughs> story of my life <laughs> yeah story of my life girl listen like and we don't talk about it But that's a real thing. And some people will see it as a good thing. Oh, you've done so many things. You're so accomplished for your age. You know, I can't tell you how many times that I've heard that when secretly it was an addiction to success because I was running from my past.
1: Yes. Or even just trying to allow our accomplishments be the, I guess you would say, the actual identity of who we are. Just in this is this constant thing of I got to do this. I got to do that to form our identity and performance
2: absolutely absolutely i call it like a success addiction um i had thought about one time writing a book called um confessions of a success wannabe
1: right like (laughs)
2: like I'm, i'm chasing all of these things but secretly i'm battling my anxiety i'm battling like you said my identity and just understanding who i am without these things
1: yeah and i think you know especially when it comes to there was one of the another thing that you described that i feel like kind of goes into the people pleasing which is your rejection and i feel like that is such a deeply rooted stronghold because i even Mm -hmm. dealt with it when i was dealing with you know just my dad issues and everything just feeling like i never had was ever accepted by a man and who was my natural father, that it made me reject the Lord to mm-hmm. a, a certain point to where I just always thought if I did something bad, you're just going to get rid of me or you're not going to oh, want to do. You're going to leave. Yeah. And it just became this unhealthy perspective and it was really hard to deal with. And it even came to a point in my relationships with me and it's just, I always had to do things to feel accepted by them. Um,
2: yeah. I'm sorry. Go, no, ahead. go ahead.
1: What were you going to say?
2: Oh, I was gonna say, and the danger of that is that it's many times it's unconscious, mm-hmm. right, and that's why therapy and coaches exist because so many we 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 literally live on autopilot, most of us,
0: <laughs> so. Yeah
2: sometimes we find ourselves in these cycles of, like you said, being in relationships where you're trying to please your spouse, even if it means, you know, going outside of your um, integrity or your character, things that you would not normally do. And you don't even realize it until somebody comes alongside you and say, Hey, did you see this? Mm
0: -hmm. Or you might want to
2: think about it or look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the, that's the real joy that I get, um, I pray literally that women begin to have these moments where they can no longer ignore what's happening. Yes. And they can only, the only thing that they can do is find someone to come alongside them to help them see and to help them work through
1: it. Yes. Yes. And I think that gives up that kind of, will go into my next question, but like this idea of therapy being this, you know, kind of lifting the rug and saying, let me help you see what's under this and not Mm -hmm. in a sense of exposure to condemn or make you feel bad, but more of a, let me show you how to get rid of some of this stuff so that your life can feel way more peaceful. Yeah. Okay. So with, especially with childhood trauma, how do you think, oh my gosh, like how do you think trauma impacts our relationship with God?
2: Um, so for me, I had a uh, difficulty connecting with God. um mm-hmm. I always felt like he was a uh, distant. I always felt like he wasn't present in my situation because if he were in the past, how would he let those things happen? Oh, that's me?
1: so good, yes,
2: right. And so I I literally lived my life distant from God, in relationship with him, but distant. Right it's mm-hmm. like it's like having a spouse that you guys sleep in two separate rooms
1: mm-hmm. It's like, like the relationship is still there, the covenant is still there, but the interaction is very limited
2: it's very limited. It's very shallow. So I would go to church and lift my hands and all of that. But the emotional connection Mm. that you need to have with someone, me and God didn't have it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had trouble connecting with him because I just felt like you were not there for me when I needed you the Mm -hmm. most. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I had difficulty surrendering my will to him. Um, and just giving my life to him because I felt like um, if my parents in the natural weren't able to provide that covering and that safety and that security, people that I can see, how how is it that I'm expected to give my whole existence life to someone that I cannot see? Yes. It's very scary. Yes. So I spent a long time in my relationship trying to do things. My way, my time. Take care of myself, and needless to say, did not work, <laughs> but I tried. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was one thing. I definitely had difficulty with surrendering, and then, like I said before, just trusting, just trusting that you're gonna make it okay. I have friends who they're very close with their fathers, and um, they talk about like you know, if I I know if I need something, even even if I'm 35 or I'm 40, I can call my father. He's gonna take care of it, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have that relationship, and so it was difficult for me to see God that way. Mm-hmm. Um so that's some of the ways too that I see on a universal level that trauma, especially when we're talking about uh, parental trauma and attachments or lack thereof, and just those kind of poor relationships um impact our relationships with our relationship with God. Mm-hmm.
1: What were some like practical things you did, especially I know you had that kind of, You know, that one time where the Holy Spirit spoke with you, especially when you were praying, you kind of turned away from those things. But what were some practical things in the process when you said, God, help me step by step? What were some things you did and asked him to do? Because I know that that can be sometimes a starting place for some people.
2: Yes. So the very first thing um, that the Lord had me to do was to go to the scripture Um, I literally went to Google. (laughs) Okay. Thank God for Google. And I typed in scriptures on healing. Okay. And uh, of course, a whole bunch of scriptures came up and I just kind of went through them one by one. And I picked up the scriptures that spoke to me the most or that moved me the most. And I wrote them down on um, sticky notes. And I put them in my office at work. And every day when I would come in, I would read those scriptures over and over and over again. And I believe that what God was doing was he was building my faith for the process that I would need to walk through. Because Ooh, that's good. Yeah, because you're not going to go through, you know, a heal- healing process is not easy. Mm. It's not glamorous, even though Instagram and Facebook and the people we listen to, everybody talking about healing and self-care and going to therapy. It sounds wonderful, right? I'm going to be my best self and that this, that, and the third. But it's not always wonderful. And if it's not easy, you're not going to give yourself to the process unless you know for certain there's a reward after this, right? So true. So I believe God was building my faith by having me to read those scriptures over and over and over again to know that it was going to be worth it. I'll tell you what, the other day I went and got a facial and um, it was a great experience. But when she got to those extractions, child, (laughs) I said, wait a minute. Now, I came here for a relaxing experience to have my skin glowing and flowing. And you done put uh, a mask on my face that then burnt my face up, feels like. You done got these extractions going, but she kept promising me all the way through I promise you it's gonna be worth it. You're not gonna like me right now, but I promise you when I'm done, your skin is gonna be wonderful. And guess what? I let I laid my behind there and let her do what she had to do, but she was speaking to me the whole time, and that was sort of like me reading the word. The whole time I was reading the word, um, then after I did that, I started looking at the life of Jesus and the miracles that he did, because that was another level of me building my faith. I said, if you could do this for those people, then surely the stuff that I got going on is nothing to you, right? So those were, that was kind of like the first phase of me building um, my faith and him got taking me through that
0: journey. Yes, and I'm so- Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too?
1: Glad you said that because I think people don't see that it is a journey and even that God is God knows where we are in our journey and he will give us exactly what we need for that season because it's not always the end result automatically. There's like what you said when you said God built your faith for the process. He wouldn't even put you automatically in the in the process of healing if you wouldn't even believe that he could do it for you. Like that is such a beautiful way of describing he built your faith for it and that you were consistent enough to stick with it, stick with staying, staying consistent with saying the scripture to yourself every day as a point to say, Lord, I want to be faithful to this because I know you will be faithful to me.
2: And Rosalind, I didn't have any other recourse. Remember, I I had tried everything. Mm -hmm. I had gone to therapy, actually, believe it. I had gone to therapy. I had read all the books. I had studied ancient African traditions. Girl, I was in it, okay? Mm -hmm. And I was exhausted. I was like the woman with the issue of blood. Like, I tried everything. So at that point, I was like... Desperate. Desperate. Mm -hmm. I was desperate. So I didn't have anything else to try I was just like whatever you say I'm gonna do it because I'm done with this yes
1: yes so so good okay so how so how in healing did your relationship change with God
2: oh my gosh drastically um I'm more I find myself being more vulnerable with him hmm and what does
1: vulnerability look like? Like I love when people describe these things in like ways that make it so easy for people to understand. What does vulnerability with God look like for you?
2: For me, it means sharing my raw feelings. Mm. Um no no hesitations, no trying to fix it up. If I'm happy, I'm like, God, I'm just so like when you would like yes, I would love to have you. I was like, God, yeah. <laughs> You know, or if somebody hurts my feelings, yeah. or I feel some kind of way, yes. I'm like God. I feel some kind of way about that. I know that is not how I should feel, but help me.
1: I'd be like, Lord, but, help your daughter, because you know I'm a little cry, cry.
2: Listen, <laughs> listen, okay. Being all the way real, all the way real. Um, and for me, it also means like I think about. A child right they're just so sorry innocent. the train is
1: welcome to my home oh, no. charm. <laughs> oh, no, no,
2: no.
1: <laughs> sorry go ahead what was you saying
2: oh I was gonna say for me vulnerability I, I go back to like childhood mm-hmm. right like just being a being a child allowing him to be my father mm-hmm. um and just being very soft and I don't have to be um you know, the the CEO, and I don't have to be the, the administrator and the therapist. I'm just a kid. And I'm like, dad.
1: Yes. Yes. You know, yes.
2: that's what vulnerability is to me in my relationship with mm-hmm. him.
1: And especially when, like you described, you know, at first it wasn't like that. And you said God was distant. And I feel like, especially when you get to a point to where you can feel like God is close to you. It's almost like you want to break out in tears every day. Like There there are moments where I just cry and I'm like God, I would have never imagined my relationship to be like this with you because I think especially and even doing this podcast, I think I thought, how could you have used me? But then at the same time, I think I'm so grateful that you decided to just me taking my perception or my idea of what purpose in my life would be like it has to be this big thing and i was so afraid so Mm -hmm. where now i'm in and it's like i'm so much happier
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: like you gave joy you gave purpose in a way that i would have never thought would be
2: i'm i'm definitely i would have to like echo the same thing i look at my relationship even my prayer life um with him it's like i i can't wait to get to pray i can't Mm -hmm. wait you know, to have that time with him because I know that's that's me and daddy time. Exactly. You know? And it just like you said, it just was not like that at first. It was like pulling teeth. It was like um I used to talk to my spiritual mom all the time and say, you know, I just really want a different kind of prayer life. But I didn't know that my lack of healing or engaging that process was keeping me from that. mm
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I-
2: you can't pray. You can't. pray. is so intimate. Mm-hmm. You can't be intimate with somebody that you hate mm-hmm. secretly. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Oh, that. Oh, girl, that's deep.
2: <laughs> yeah. There, there's a barrier there. There's a barrier there. That's why the scripture says, you know, if, they, if you have something against your brother, leave your gift at the altar and deal with that. Because God knows that there's a barrier there. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in our life and our relationship with God. When we have trauma, when we're dealing with um, things that hinder us, bitterness and jealousy and comparison and hurts and pains and betrayal and rejection and just depression, all of those things. And sometimes we... We secretly are like, God, you know, we have this relationship with you. Why am I struggling with this? Mm -hmm. We secretly start hating him. Yeah,
1: we do. And we blame him. We blame him and we just put so much weight on. And those are real feelings, like not to even discredit anyone that may feel like I really hate God for all the things that have happened to me. Understand that been there, done that, wrote a book about it. It is a real feeling. But Mm -hmm. when you fully get to a place where you can see that the blame towards God is really just the acceptance of it occurring. And the own even, there's multiple layers, but forgiveness of other people, forgiveness of yourself, and you get to see God's goodness was even layered into those things. Um, you begin to have a different perspective about it.
2: Absolutely. And, and you said, you know, forgiveness of yourself and forgiveness of other people. And I actually, lead my clients through a process of forgiving God and in that forgiveness practice that we do, we include God Mm. because some of us need, not that he needs our forgiveness, but some of us need to experience the act of saying, I forgive you for not doing what I thought you should have done. Mm
1: -hmm. Our expectation of God. Yes.
2: Yeah. That releases us. Right. Right. Exactly. yeah, so we, we gotta do all three. Forgive ourselves, forgive other people, forgive God too. Let him off the hook too, because there are there are roles that we play, there are roles that other people play, and he's not down here um pulling puppet strings. You know, we have free will and things happen. But like you said, that recognition that God was there the whole time that what I did experience in terms of sexual molestation, it could have gone further than what it went. Mm. You know, God could have allowed that thing to take me out.
1: Yeah. Or I could have allowed
2: yeah. that thing that ex- that you experienced to take you out of here. But he didn't because his grace was there, even in the toughest, most dreadful, most crazy situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, he was like, let me pull you out.
1: So I wanted to ask you cuz I know we talked about this and we talked um together one on one how childhood trauma specifically I know people may have trauma when they become adults but how does childhood trauma impact your life
2: So you know between the age of 0 and 7 some people say 5 but they're our most formidable years, right? Those those are the value imputing years. Those are the habits and patterns, those things that are going to drive the rest of our lives um, and really get into our unconscious and subconscious. That's where those things happen, um, where we don't have, there's no barrier there. You know, the older we get, the more we're able to filter what goes in and out of our minds and things like that. But when we are children, um, we don't have all of those barriers. So the things that happen to us hit us deep in our hearts and in our souls and have a way of lodging themselves there Mm -hmm. Um, that no other trauma, no other adult trauma could do the damage that it does in those childhood years. Um, For example, earlier I said, I was 10 years old um, when I was sexually assaulted When you're 10 years old and something like that happens to you, the level of shock, the level of shame, um, the level of embarrassment is beyond the comprehension and the language of a 10-year-old.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, because you don't even know. You have no consciousness of knowing that I'm experiencing shame. I'm experiencing humiliation.
2: Exactly. You don't even know. And so it has a way of, of just lodging itself in you secretly and very subtly. But then it comes out and it morphs in ways that you don't even understand. So that I didn't even understand that I had packed on the pounds, you know, by the time, so when I was 10 or nine, I was the average size look of a regular nine-year-old. But when you look at pictures from middle school graduation, I look like a freaking Grown person, Mm -hmm. like six going into the sixth grade. My husband, I'll never forget, he saw my picture. He said, How old were you, 14? I said, No, I was 11. Wow. But that's what trauma does to us. We don't have the language. And so we start trying to do other things to express what has happened. Or cope with
1: how you deal with it.
2: Yes. Or cope with how you are dealing with it. Um, Because we don't have the language, but something is going on. And trauma, um, a lot of people don't understand that trauma stores itself in your body, in your physical body. So you hear of people um, getting autoimmune diseases or like I did, packing on the pounds or all of a sudden you're having migraines constantly. Um, Those are things, that's trauma impacts are so across the
1: spectrum. Mm. Wow. So how would you say that... um... How did you or we'll kind of go back some. How did you know and take notice for yourself consciously that I need to kind of deal with this? Like, how did you know that you were experiencing the effects of trauma as an adult?
2: So um, I got married when I was 25 and I was all I was super in love. And my husband just came and swept me off my feet, (laughs) y'all. I was a little church girl, and he took me to my first um, secular concert. It was Earth, Wind, and Fire.
0: Yes, and,
2: <laughs> right. So I was just—he just opened up to a, opened me up to a whole new world. And um, I asked my pastor, "Was it okay to go?" Because it was secular. I was like, "Is this okay?" Mm-hmm,
1: you, you know? mm-hmm. She
2: was like, "Girl, you better go enjoy exactly." Yourself. <laughs> 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 I was like, I was like, okay, cool. So I was all in love, and that's great, right? Got married in eight months, 10 months, and got into the marriage, Roz, and was like, whoa. really? Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, just so many things started to surface. And I knew then, my pastor talked about it today, about in church, we talk about, you know, don't have sex. Don't, don't, sex is bad. Deny your flesh, da, 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 da. But what about when you get into a marriage, right? And now sex is good and it's wonderful. Um, and so for me, it showed up in that I had real intimacy issues.
0: Mm.
2: I, not only did I have the language in terms of growing up about sex being bad, but I also had a horrible sexual encounter with somebody that I didn't want to yes. have one. With. Yes. Um, and so it was really difficult. And at that point I said, I know that if I don't take care of this, Um, it's going to ruin my marriage. And so I started to peel back the layers and, um, I didn't deal with it all at one time because that's overwhelming. Um, but eventually I just hit it head on. Um, and I think when we allow ourselves to be in close relationships, oftentimes I hear women who do get married and you can't run from it. Mm -hmm. Um, that you, you see like, okay, I have some issues that I need to deal yes. with, but that was certainly when, um, it began to open up for mm. me.
1: That's so good. Yeah. And I think that it, because I will say just in a sense as a married woman, sex is a very vulnerable act in general and sharing it with somebody you want to be vulnerable with because who is your husband And dealing and understanding that that came up and knowing to deal with it is such a I will say for 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 me in hearing this just a perception that the Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and even began to transform it in the in in the promise of God just that He would take care of it and I think that that to me makes it even more of a thing where God is present even when we're in the struggle of something because it could have been where. So it's like, well, this is just is what it is. This is how it's going to be. It's like, no, God says I can restore all things.
2: Absolutely. And not only did he, when we talk about like God's grace being present, even in our trauma and our the worst things that could happen in our lives, I even look at that as the grace of God, that he would bring that up at that time when he knew I would have a physical example of his love for mm. me.
1: So good. Right.
2: My husband was so patient. He was so um kind and tenderhearted. Come on, good black was, men exist. <laughs> yes, yeah, they do. Okay. And he was there every step of the way. And it was just such a great example, you know, of restorative. That even helped with my relationship with God. You know, when we are in a process, God will put the right people at the right time to help restore that relationship with him. And to help you in your healing process. Yes.
1: And not only that, but you can use even that significant thing as a testimony for the people that you help. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. tell me how you got into your tribe. I call it a tribe because, girl, you got some peoples. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> tell
1: me how <laughs> you I got into that. that. Like how that came about.
2: Shout out to the Breakthrough community. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. So I, um, got into that just because as an entrepreneur, um, you know, you try so many things, you have so many gifts and talents, but I really have a heart for women. Um, I really love God. Like I'm saved, saved. Um, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, how can I bring all of these things together? And, Christians are my people. Y'all, my people. Girl,
1: my too.
2: <laughs> okay, y'all, my people. And I knew that uh, mental health was not necessarily being talked about in the church as much. Um, and I knew that we needed a place where we could feel safe, um, where we could explore things and talk about things and ask questions and find hope and find healing. Um, In a place that did not open us up to demonic influence or Mm -hmm.
1: presence.
2: And so I wanted to create that space for women to grow their faith like I had. Experience God in another way. And also find deep, lasting, emotional healing. And so I called it the Breakthrough Experience. Because I wanted it to be... Um, a complete experience. I mean, everything from what you see to what you hear to what you smell to what you eat, everything would be for this one moment of breakthrough. Um, and so I call it the breakthrough experience. And women, as I began to just put value out there and talk about it, women were like, yes, this is, this is what we need. This is what we want. This is awesome. And so we've been rocking and rolling ever since, and that's how we came here Yes, in.
1: that's so good. So good. So in with your breakthrough experience and even coaching women, how are you able to really help them see healing within? I want to talk about platonic and romantic relationships. Like what are some of the things that impact within trauma and all that kind of stuff, platonic and romantic relationships?
2: So I would say um, in terms of how healing impacts these relationships, because remember I told you earlier, most of us come in talking about we have these relationship issues, whether it's sisterhood or like you said, um, these romantic relationships like I had, we're just having difficulty in those things because we're attracting the wrong people. Uh, We're giving ourselves to the wrong people, stuff like that, finding ourselves in circles that are stagnant. Um, And so I teach people really how to um, have deep Mm self-awareness, right? So the more healed we are, the more self-aware we are, we know, you know, our triggers and stuff like that. Um, The more we are able to set the stage for these deep, healthy and long lasting relationships. So- that's one of the ways that healing is going to impact you. If you are suffering in your relationships, if they're not healthy, if they're not whole, if you're leaving a track record of broken relationships and you got to cut people off every season of your life, you know, those memes and posts we post cutting people off all the time, you know, you shouldn't, you you should get to a place in your healing where your circle is cool. Mm -hmm. You know, your circle is healthy. And so, um, I teach women, you know, how to get to that place. And it really is through the path of self-awareness um, and and being confident in yourself and understanding your value and your worth. Um, I teach them how to um, improve their communication. Mm-hmm. That's
1: a big one, right? yeah. Because,
2: yeah, the more healthy I am, the more aware I am, the more I'm able to say, this is how I'm feeling. And this is how, um, what you do impacts me.
1: Mm-hmm. And I would even right. say too like can you speak to even like the single women who are you know going through a healing process i know that i have multiple friends that are beautiful successful women that have been through different traumatic situations but struggle even finding um with dating and kind of learning how to tell them you know what to do sometimes can be hard for me cuz as a married woman i've 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 found myself often saying like, I don't really know what to say a lot of times. So what would be something that you would say, especially to a single woman who is healing?
2: About attracting the right relationship?
1: I would say, yeah. And even just their own process.
2: Um, I would say that being single is a gift. First of all, I know that um, when I was single, there was a time that I didn't want to be in crying. So I'm there with you if that's where you are. Um, I understand. But in terms of healing, as it relates to your singleness, it's one of the best places you could be. Um, and I would say to to maximize that, to really do all that you can to find out who you are, to chisel down those walls that you built, to really work hard on you because when God sends that man, You want to be as whole as possible. You want to be as good as possible, as whole as possible, because bringing another person into your situation is not going to relieve the loneliness. It's not going to relieve any other feeling of emptiness that you currently have. It's going to maximize it. It's going to exacerbate it. It's going to, yeah, it's going to make it even more difficult. So on that side, that's what I would say. Um, In terms of singleness, I just think that um, this is I know I don't know if this is the answer that you want, but I tell people too that find contentment in your singleness because all of us aren't going to be married. That's hard to accept. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a little hard. But all of us aren't going to be married. So hopefully that's not. Um, a traumatic thing to you and if it is Even process that begin to Look at what does my life look like As a single woman when I'm 35 or 40 or 45 Right yes And figure out how to live with that And how to live whole and how to live full And Get you some coaching and some therapy on the Side to help you navigate those tough seasons. Yes
1: yes so good So Okay, so we're going to kind of wrap up some, but I want you to kind of, you know, what would you tell someone who's never been to therapy? I always ask this question in all my interviews. What would you tell someone that has never been in therapy but especially a Christian?
2: I would say that um, it's one of the best investments outside of Jesus that you could ever make.
1: Yeah.
2: Your your emotional wellness is precious. Um, And It is biblically sound. So you don't have to worry about um, feeling like you're less of a Christian or you don't have enough faith. Um, The Bible says, I think it's in Proverbs uh, 11, I believe it says, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Right. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's wise to have counsel. It's wise to connect with someone and do life with someone and and navigate these situations because you're going to make the best decisions. Um, in this council of safety right so I would say go for sure um, I would say that one of my favorite books is called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality
1: mm-hmm.
2: by Peter Scazzaro. Um and one of the best quotes he says in that book is that you cannot be um, i might I might be butchering it a little bit but he says you cannot be a spiritual giant without being emotionally healthy
1: oh that's good Oh, that's right? good.
2: And so most of us we want to we wanna pray, prophesy, and preach. We want to be close to God. We wanna, you know, have dreams and visions and see things and you know have these, you know, experiences with God, but there's no way possible that you could be a spiritual giant without also being emotional. Oh, that's healthy. so
1: good. <laughs> I'm over here shaking they my all... head like, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, they are all connected. We are triune beings, we are three parts. And all of them deserve our attention, um, including our soul. Right. And that's where our mind, our will and our emotions are in our soul. And so all of them have to be healthy and working um, in harmony and in unity if you want to fulfill your destiny. And if you don't want to be a lopsided. Yes.
1: Yes. All right. Well, thank you. Charms. Tell everyone where they can find you on the Internet and all of those things. So
2: thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you guys got something from today. Um, I just love, love, love being here. You can find me on Instagram at Mrs. Charm Lewis. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook if you're there um, at Charm Lewis. Um, and I'll tell you that on Facebook, the Breakthrough Community is popping. So <laughs> yeah. so we're popping over there on Facebook, even though I talk to my IG people too. So um, you can also go to Mrs. Charm Lewis.com if you want to find me in these internet streams. Yes, and
1: I will link all of her information below. All you have to do is scroll up on the podcast page and you can see all of the details. So thank you all so much. I love you. We will be talking soon. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me at therapiesacchristian at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at rosinrene. Renee. And I love you guys. Talk to you soon.